Time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Big news coming for parents, for teachers, for anybody involved in the school system today. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. It is all about the kids. Okay. In what this way? This is interesting. We so talked to Dr. Bonnie Henry about this on Monday. Uh, what's coming? And she said, look, we've been working at this for a while. She's going to be at the announcement today. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of complaints and concerns uh, from parents about reopening schools and teachers. Uh, Dr. Henry said, look, the thing that's in her mind the most and in the planning mind the most is the unintended negative consequences of children not being in the classroom. All the studies indicate this. To her, she's concerned about the mental uh, impact of kids not being in school, not socializing with their friends, the learning impact, the social impact, and that's what's driving the determination. She says the evidence she's seen, the downsides of keeping children out of school for a long period of time, and they've already been out for a while, even though we had a reopening here in B.C. in June, the downside impacts can last a lifetime, and that's what's guiding what they're trying to do here. So, She says the main concern is to get children back into the classrooms as safely as possible. That doesn't mean there's no risk. That doesn't mean we aren't all anxious about it. But that's the goal. And the one thing I will say, Simi, is I appreciated her saying it because, um, you know, I understand all the concerns. But really, her focus clearly is on the children. That's good for the parents to hear. I think too, right? You want to know that this isn't just some rush to get back into the classroom. Yeah, that's right. You know, and she says, look, having said all that, like one of the questions to her on Monday was, well, you know, we've seen evidence that teachers are worried. She says, Dr. Henry, all of us are worried. School trustees, parents, politicians, they're all worried about it, but... She says the thing you've got to recognize is there are reasons to be worried about not doing this, too. If you can reopen the schools in relative safety, and we're taking all kinds of steps to make sure that happens, that is the right way to go because the damage of keeping children out of school for months more could be last, could last a lifetime. Now, obviously, we're talking about younger children. And the other thing she said which I think is very important as well, is we have to be prepared to be flexible with contingency plans. Neither Dr. Henry nor anybody else knows what the situation is going to be in September, knows whether when we get the flu season in the fall, there's going to be a second wave. So we obviously have to be prepared to change the plan if the pandemic takes a turn for the worst. But the goal is to get the schools open for younger children and to have some kind of a learning plan in place for older children. And I think that's what we're going to hear uh, from the announcement today. That doesn't sound completely reassuring, though, for parents, does it? No, I agree. And, and again, she says, you, you've got to have contingency plans. And I mean, we've heard the questions, right? Okay, well, what are you supposed to do about child care if, you know, we get to September and it turns out that the opening has to be put on hold or slowed down or backed off? That's all true. We really do need 
the whole British Columbia society <laughs> needs a contingency mm-hmm. plan, as Dr. Henry has pointed out, because nobody knows what the situation is going to be. I mean, we've seen it already, right, with the uh, some of the small-scale outbreaks we've had uh, in the last few weeks. Um, we don't know what the situation is going to be um, in August, never mind September, never mind October. But the goal is to get the schools open as safely as possible to get younger children back in school um, for something approaching regular instruction and regular school with protections in place. And yes, the system will have to have a contingency plan because anything could happen after that. Um, she also got the question, and I <laughs> I see somebody said that Dr. Henry's most familiar line in the last few weeks has been, as I've said many times, yes. <laughs> but she got the question about masks again in school. Right. And she said, look, um, that's really not a wise course of action for younger children to expect them to be masked all day. It's not safe. It's not good. It probably wouldn't even protect them all that much. So there will be some masking, some separation in the schools where it's not possible to do physical distancing, physical separation, but the schools are going to be run uh, with other precautions in place right. because masking really isn't practical. Uh, let's talk. Uh, that's, that's coming up at 1230. Obviously, we'll have that live on the Jill Bennett show for you. But let's also talk about what's been going on in the legislature because of some interesting goings on there. Yeah, very interesting goings on. You're starting to see the Green Party, the NDP's partner in sharing power, uh, flexing uh, their power a little bit this week. Uh, Monday, the government had to pause Bill 22. That's the one that would have allowed detention involuntary for young overdose victims. Uh, government had to pause that because they didn't have the votes to get it through the House, as the Premier admitted. The Greens made it clear they didn't support the bill the way it was drawn, so it's been paused government's going to consult more this fall. On Tuesday, next day, another cabinet minister comes forward, Bruce Ralston, Minister of Energy, and he says he's disappointed the Greens have indicated they can't support another bill, Bill 17. That's the one that would have allowed British Columbia Hydro to buy electricity south of the border over B.C. uh, small-scale power producers. So essentially, uh, the Greens, again, expressing reservations there. In fact, the former Green leader, Adam... Um, uh, what am I going to say? I almost called him Olson. Adam Olson. I mean, Andrew Weaver. <laughs> God, how soon we forget. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Weaver actually led the opposition on that one. He'd made it clear. He'd introduced some amendments, so he wasn't going to support that. And late yesterday afternoon, Sonia Furstenau, who is likely to be the next leader of the Greens, uh, they haven't had their leadership vote yet, but she's likely the next leader, she brought in an amendment, which the government had to accept, that limits the spending power that the government is giving itself uh, for emergency spending. They're called special warrants. They allow Cabinet to approve extra spending above and beyond the budget in emergency situations. She accepted that you have to do that, but she put a time limit on it. You can only do it for three months. So again, the government had to accept that. So you've got three examples this week that, you know, um, it's not a majority government. The government still depends on the Greens for support to get stuff through the House. And you can see here, Simi, why some of the Premier's political advisors, and 
maybe in his darker moments, the premier himself are dreaming of an early election and a majority and not having to do more than, uh, you know, nod politely when the Greens ask for something, because it does annoy the New Democrats sometimes that they can't do anything they want, ultimately, they need the votes of the Greens to be sure of getting anything through the House. I just feel like everybody, they, these political parties need to be so careful here, right? Yeah, because if they do, you do, I get, they get frustrated, yeah. but I really hope they don't misread the sentiment of the general populace here. I think you're right that the general public does not see this as a time for an early election. That's right. I think the government is deserves the credit it's getting for having handled things quite well. I think the Premier's high in the opinion polls because he's seen as generally having handled things well, moments of exasperation notwithstanding. But I think people are comfortable with the partnership, too. Um, you know, these, this is not bringing down the government kind of stuff. This is parties arguing at the margins about the right yeah. way to go. Um, I think, uh, you know, if the Premier season opening for a fall election. I don't think the public does. And nope. uh, I noticed our, our colleague Keith Baldry did a Twitter poll <laughs> on this, on his Twitter feed. It's not scientific, but he got something like 2,500 responses. Yeah. And he says 90% of the people that responded, he's got a lot of followers, um, said, no, we don't need an election exactly. right now. That's how I'm feeling too. Uh, thank yeah. you very much, Vaughn. Bye-bye.